to the Vet SOS Show, brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. We are so glad to be back with another episode. We got a great guest for you today. You're really going to want to tune into this. There's some great opportunities coming up that you definitely want to um, pick up on and try out here, here as we go forward. As always, I'm here with my partner, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Uh, can't complain and probably wouldn't do any good anyway, but... Uh... Yeah, get ready for some serious knowledge bombs. Boom! With today's guest, Bill's got a ton to share. Absolutely. And we want to, as always, thank those who've been pairing their channels with us uh, to broadcast these episodes live over their uh, channels. Please continue to do that. And if you don't know how to pair your channels, shoot us a note, and we'll let you know how to do it so you can put these web uh, podcasts out as original content on your social media. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Um, we're here with uh, Bill Kiefer. He is an Army veteran with 23 years professional HR experience. He is President and Chief Advisor of uh, Kiefer & Associates Limited, an advisory firm specializing in military veteran career transition, leadership coaching, strategic talent management, and professional speaking and facilitation services. In addition to that, Bill is the author of Military Career Transition, Insights from the Employer Side of the Desk, serves as a coach and coach advisory board member for the Honor Foundation, Master Trainer for Rangers for Life, a more elite transition, member of the Board of Advisors for Law Enforcement Connect, a TEDx speaker, certified coach via Marshall Goldsmith and the Y Institute, and much, much more. Bill has so much to offer. Bill, how are you doing this fine day? Welcome, Bill. I'm doing great. How are you, gentlemen? Outstanding. Yeah, doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, you just have a ton. I know Sean had uh, sent me the additional supporting documents, and man, you are are just doing a lot in the community um, with your associations and all of that. So appreciate what you do, and thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. So I know you're a veteran. know you love helping veterans. So how... What made you make that transition from actually, you know, being being a veteran yourself to wanting to help veterans instead of just staying, say, in the public in the private sector and moving forward that way? So it, it's kind of a is it uh, uh, the Grateful Dead? They had a song years ago. What a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of stuff, but my life has been a long, strange trip. Yeah, I joined the military. I was in from '85 to '97. I joined the military with a full intent to make a complete career, do 30 years, and you know, then we'll figure it out at the end. Um, and then life kind of got in the way. Um, I unexpectedly went through a divorce. Um, I was on a promotion list to 04 when all that was happening. I thought, you know, I got three small kids, and I want to do the best I can do to be as close to them as possible. So I gave up a career I loved, and uh, I did the right thing. It was the right thing for me. Um, and then I started a career, a civilian career that you kind of described a little bit because my transition was so difficult. I had a huge passion from day one to make sure nobody else had to go through what I went through. And I've been informally working with veterans as you know, so they would arise, um, through my civilian career in 2018. Um, I had about enough of corporate life. I was a pretty senior guy in some really big companies and you know, it's 60, 70 hour weeks and 60, 70% travel globally. Um, and I wasn't having fun anymore. I thought, you know what, it's time to get out of the corporate rat race. And what do I want to do? And my wife and I talked about it and, uh, she goes, well, 
you know, what are you passionate about? Well, she knew the answer. It was about helping veterans. I thought, you know what? I think I've got something to offer here that may be value added. So I hung out a shingle and uh, started doing the work I do. That That is absolutely amazing. And Mark, I'm seeing a theme. A lot of the guests we have on here talk about how bad their transition was. And now they want to give back because of that. It's just an amazing community that we have. Well, and, and not only that, but um, I, I think that a lot of our guests, right? And that's another theme is that the corporate rat race, right? When you get out of the military, the military provides such a unique experience in a good way, right? That to get out of, of the service, indus- you know, out of the services, um, armed forces and go into industry that you're maybe trained for in the civilian sector, but it's still that corporate rat race. And it's, you know, it, it's not, it's not fulfilling because, you know, you, you've got a, a clear mission, right? When you're serving. And then when you go to work, you, you've got, you still have a mission, but you know, it's, it's more about the dollars and about, you know, just the bureaucracy, I think. Um, not that yeah, there Mark, isn't, you know, Mark, you mind if I share a story in that regard? Yeah, please. So when I got out, one of the first jobs I had was a training manager for an 1,100-person air freight facility. Um, and um, we moved about 3 million pounds of freight a night. I mean, it was a busy place, right? And um, I really wasn't that excited about it. So because nighttime was when we were busy, um, you know, you spent a lot of time on nights. And at one morning, I don't know, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm standing on the mezzanine above this 300-some-thousand-square-foot facility, watching the boxes move, thinking, we're just kicking boxes. I, this, There is nothing exciting about this whatsoever. What am I going to do with my life? You know, having one of those existential kind of moments, right? And the guy that ran the place, Steve, great guy, still a good friend to this day, he happened by, and he goes, hey, Bill, how you doing? I go, I not feeling real motivated here, Steve. I mean, this just isn't real sexy. And so we talked about it a little bit. And, and I said, you know, this just doesn't give me the same rush the military gave me. I don't understand the purpose. I, this just, we're just moving boxes. It's, it's, it's tactical, tactical. And he said, okay, I see that. He goes, but let me offer this. We're moving boxes, but we're enabling trade. We're helping small companies get their products to big companies. We're helping new companies get their products to established companies. We're helping manufacturers get their products out to the hands of consumers. We're employing people that might not otherwise have a job. We're providing pay and benefits. And the list went on and on and on. And suddenly I realized it wasn't sexy, but there was a real purpose. And that purpose did in fact align with things that were valuable to me. So I challenged folks um, when, when I'm coaching and training and teaching, I said, you know, it's not going to be the same rush, but I challenge you to look beneath the surface to see what the value might be. And if it truly is just a horrible job and there's no value, well, then go find something else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But look before the surface before you get excited and try to jump. Well, and, and, and that's a great point. Um, I think on both sides of the fence, right? For the person who's transitioning, going into that environment, right? As a staff member. Um, and then also the companies too, that are hiring these veterans, right? And if they're veteran centric, um, they need to be able to understand that too. So that's a great point. So you wrote a book that has an amazing title, the military career transition insights from the employer side of the desk. 
Uh, and I'm going to play with the – there you go. I think we can get you we'll, – we'll make Mark and I small, get the picture of the book in the background. There's the book right there. There we go. <laughs> the, it's almost like learning about the transition from behind enemy lines. So, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, the, one, the inspiration for the book and, and what people can expect from the book. Okay, so the inspiration was – um, when I was transitioning, I had no idea what employers wanted. I was lost. I didn't know what to do or how to do it. Once I did land and started as a senior HR executive in big, complex global companies, I found that our teams, whether it was HR folks or hiring managers or whatever their job titles were, they didn't know, how, they didn't know what to look for in a veteran. They didn't know how to interview a veteran. They didn't understand the veteran side of things. And the veterans had no idea what the employers were looking for or how the employers behaved or even how to connect with an employer effectively. Um, so um, it, it seemed to me that in the course of the discussion about career transition, there's a lot of folks telling a lot of good things about their experiences, but I wasn't seeing anything that said, Hey, this is what employers are looking for. I thought, well, hell I've been that guy for 22 years. Maybe I got something to offer here, you know? So I took COVID year, actually, and took a whole bunch of my notes and thought, I bet I can put these together and make something that might be value added. And my whole concept behind this is intelligence preparation of the career battlefield, you know, the IPV process in the military. Well, guess what? You know, that looks at the, the battle space and all its various dimensions so you can better understand and anticipate and plan for making appropriate contact and taking appropriate actions, right? Yeah. I thought, gee, if I could provide a little bit of intelligence about what's going on in the various dimensions of the employer space, that might be helpful to transitioning veterans. So that was kind of the mental model behind it. I collected up a whole bunch of post-it notes. My office didn't quite like, look like that thing, the guy from The Beautiful Mind. Remember that math guy from Princeton? It didn't quite look that bad. But I had a lot of notes from over the years. And I started to compile them. And um, all of a sudden, some themes started to emerge. And I thought, this is kind of cool. So it's got five chapters to it. Uh, general business insights. And then what culturally, what might be different in the business world than in the military. Um, what's this transition thing all about? Because transition is a space unto itself. A lot of folks look at where they are. They look at where they think they want to land and they forget there's this big old murky swamp between the two that they have to traverse. And everybody that lands has to traverse that damn swamp, right? I then talk about um, networking, uh, some, some effective ways to go do that. And then in the final section is about talent acquisition, uh, recruiting, interviewing, and the like. Typical processes that most companies and organizations use. I you, wrote the book. Go ahead. I, if I can interject, because uh, you just brought up, you know, one of the key points, you know, the, the VET SOS show is, is part of the Who You Know Network. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the networking component, do you find that people are struggling more there as they transition, especially from the armed forces to the civilian sector, or is it more the tactical um, I, I think, I think the first struggle is people don't know who they are, what they bring to the party or how they define success. That's the first challenge because in the in career transition, you don't have a robust team or structure around you to go be successful. You are the team, but for the network you build, 
And in order to build a network, you kind of have to understand who you are, what you're bringing to the party, and how you define success. So you start to send out messaging and, and bring in people that can be beneficial to wherever it is you're trying to get to or whatever it is you're trying to do. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I think that's the first thing. How do you network? Uh, you know, the mechanics of networking. Yeah, not, not too many people know how to do that. And further, a lot of people aren't very comfortable with that. Uh, I'm myself, I'm a huge introvert. When I got out, having to shake people's hands and, you know, get out and meet them uh, independently. Uh, oh, my God, stirred crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a big issue. Who are you? What are you bringing to the point? How do you define success? And then how do I go create that success? Um so, yeah, big challenge, big challenge. And, and beyond that, how do I tell my story? How do that's I right. tell my story in a way that's compelling to whoever I'm talking to? You know, I talk to folks, and, you know, a lot of my work is with the special operations community, but I work across the services, conventional forces and others. Um, and, um, you know, I, I ask them, or I tell them, I say, you know, everybody knows you're capable. Many civilians don't understand the extent of your capability. Do you know your capability? Have you really figured out what am I capable of? And have you figured out how it might apply in something outside your MOS, AFSC, career field, or branch service? And a lot of times people look at me and go, yeah, I know. I haven't done that. I said, until you're able to start doing that effectively, your capability goes unheard because you're not yet credible. So the difference between capable and credible becomes a big issue for folks. Well, I'm, I'm confident, I'm capable, I can do all these great things. Awesome. Who are you talking to, networking, and what are you telling them that lands well on their ears? Yeah, I tell a story about one of the first interviews I had. They asked, what did you do in the military? And I proudly said I was a 90 Alpha 5 Papa 3 Romeo. And they looked at me like I was speaking, I don't know, calculus. So I thought I'd help, right? And I said, well, let me clarify that. I was a tactical multifunctional logistics officer who was airborne, nuclear, biological, and chemical certified. <laughs> Didn't help a bit. <laughs> so I was, I like to call it mill speak and veteranese. I was mm -hmm. still speaking mill speak and veteranese, right? The people I was talking to, they had absolutely no exposure to the military. It meant nothing to them. So I had to dial it back. And over the years, I realized that I coach people to this point also. Whenever you hear that question, tell me about what you did in the military. Or the other question just that often leads off in an interview is tell me about yourself. There's a second half to those questions that nobody ever articulates. And that is tell me about yourself in relation to the job I'm seeking to fill. Mm -hmm. You've got to make your stuff yep. relevant and nobody's ever going to say it that way they know what they mean um candidates especially military veteran candidates don't necessarily understand that that unspoken second half of the question exists <laughs> so they answer it the best they can using mill speak veteranese or maybe even some maybe even some good attempts at you know civilian speak but they don't connect the dot in a relevant way to what the employer seeks. Huge point that can get in the way. And a lot of our military veterans are really agile. Once they get the point, they can fix it. Yeah, it, yeah. 
that's one of there's there's a couple of things that, that you have your hands in that fascinate me. One, the book. I love the fact that it's like a behind the scenes, behind enemy lines type of uh, approach to it, which is phenomenal for us. But you you get into the uh, executive leadership coaching work, which you, you just started giving us some some information on. You are certified uh, coach with the Y Institute. You and yeah. I talked about that a little bit, and this one fascinates me, Mark. Uh, this this is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can. You know, there's a whole lot of value in, I said, understanding who you are, what you bring to the party, and, and how you define success. The very first part of that is who are you? And I like to think about who I am in ways that are um, consumable and, and identifiable, right? So I stumbled across the Y Institute. Um, they are a coaching uh, agency and certifying agency to help people understand their why or their purpose. But they want to go beyond that because I, I found, you know, there's some other folks out there that say, hey, what's your why? And we'll help you identify your why. And I looked at that and I went, great. Now what? What do I do with it? The why operating system, which is the Y Institute's instrument, helps you identify your why or as I like to say, what's your purpose? And then they go on to say, what's your how? How does that purpose, what's the process by which that purpose comes to life? It starts getting into actions and behaviors. I'm like, ooh, now it's becoming actionable. Now it's becoming real, right? Mm -hmm. And the third part that the assessment helps identify is your what, or as I like to say, is your promise. What are you delivering to the world? So I'll give you an example. We can talk about the mechanics of it later. I took the, took the assessment early on before I ever invested in uh, becoming a coach, a certified coach in that area, and, because I wanted to see if it resonated with other assessments that I'm familiar with. A couple of 360s, my Clifton Strengths, my, my Myers-Briggs. Um, so I took the thing, and the results came out for me that my why is to make sense of things. My why, and it's not tied to a job. It's not tied to a position. It's not tied to a functional area. My why or my purpose is to make sense of things. And I read it and I read the description and you get a pretty robust uh, feedback report about, you know, everything you, you've been assessed. I thought, oh, my God, this makes so much sense to me. See, it makes sense, right? Um, but throughout my whole life, whether on the job or not, I'm able to look at some pretty complex stuff and come to a workable solution pretty quickly. Now, that can be very helpful in a lot of ways. It can also be alienating to others. They go, okay, smart guy, how'd you come up with that? I, go, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just did, right? So that was an interesting thing to find out about myself. It, it helped me understand how I was able to come up with some successes in life, how I was able, the complexities of Hurricane Andrew relief. I was one of the guys on the ground when 10th Mountain Division went down to help Hurricane Andrew in 92, right? I was simultaneously a company commander, a battalion three, and a support operation. Three jobs at once, right? Uh, people changed and, you know, this and that, right? I was able to come up with some really complex stuff and help build and build teams around me that could help make all that happen uh, on the fly. I thought, okay, great. That Understand and make sense of things is my why. How in the heck did I make that happen? Well, my how or the process by which I do it is mastery which is defined in the process as understanding as much as you can, as broadly and deeply as possible without holding up progress. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that resonates too. Because I'm a detailed guy. I make better decisions and create better solutions with more information. Understanding that you can get tied up in analysis paralysis. I tend to fall short of that. I don't, don't usually slide into that problem. Um, and in many cases, it's been very helpful. Um, at, you know, the battalion three or as, a, as an executive out in the civilian world or doing some of the other things I do, um, being able to dive into the details and understand how to get them and then what to do with them once you got them has been very mm -hmm. helpful. It has also created some challenges for me. A lot of times or, or sometimes, not, well, yeah, a lot of times I'll say over my career, people have gone, oh, God, there goes Bill again. Yeah, he's going down the rabbit trails, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't know how not to do that, quite frankly. And I'll give you a great example of that. I'm a uh, village councilman, elected official in the town I live in. And one of the questions in the last couple of years is, do we change our water source? We have four municipal wells. The cost of maintaining and operating uh, those wells is going up dramatically, as you might imagine. Or... Do we connect to a county regional water system that um, draws water, surface water instead of uh, uh, groundwater, right? And there's a lot of reasons, you know, that you would or wouldn't. And some of my colleagues were like, absolutely, yes, let's do it uh, because it feels right. And some of my colleagues were like, yeah, no way, never. I said, based on what? I came up with a list of 93 questions ask various relevant parties to get the information. And some of, some of the folks right off the bat were like, oh, God, there's Bill being Bill. <laughs> In my mind, I can't come up with a solid solution unless we know the, all the information or at least enough information, the 80-20 thing, right? Yeah. So anyway, the how of my is mastery, and that can add to, it can create value or it can also create some challenges. So it sounds like, though, well, that, that... Let, me, let me get to the, to the okay. third part yet. OK, the what the third, because they have to play together. The why, the how and the what they have to play together. The what my what is trust. What I deliver is trust solutions you can trust based on trusting relationships. So knowing that about myself, I was like, oh, okay, that's why trust is such an issue for me. And that's why I dive in the details. And that's why I can get to a solution pretty quick. It all comes with good bads and, and, and benefits and uh, detractions. So anyway, yeah, Mark, you were going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like that that process is so much more comprehensive. I mean, knowing your why is important, right? Mm -hmm. But being able to have that entire package, a comprehensive package, actionable, I think, like you said, is, is so important because it's kind of like um, when you connect with people on LinkedIn, a lot of people connect with people on LinkedIn and they're like, hey, great to meet you. There's no ask. There's no follow up. There's no it's just like, hey, nice to meet you. And they're like, nice to meet you. And that's all it leads to. Right. Yeah. So kind of an analogy there. Um, who do you find yourself? I know you said you, you work with um, a lot more maybe in the special forces side mm -hmm. of things. Um you know, just I sparked a question. Who do you see maybe need, needing the most help? Is there a group within the military community that needs more help in that transition? Is it, you know, like the SOCOM forces? Is it, you know, like uh, officers versus enlisted? What, what are you seeing as far as trends there? 
the need is across all branches, all specialties, all ranks. It really is. I'll suggest the needs are maybe a little different, not necessarily based on branch or whether conventional or special operations, but I think by tenure. Um, mm. are, I tend to work with more seasoned folks, E7, E9, 04, 06 kind of folks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the way it's all kind of happened, right? Um, but with the Ranger for Life group, um, I spend a fair amount of time with um, some more junior folks, first, second term enlistees. It's just, you know, a different population. Mm-hmm. And the core needs are the same. The targets are a little different sometimes. And I think sometimes the expectations are a little bit different. You sure. know, you get a 30-year 06 or an E9 coming out. Um, they're not looking for a first-line job because, you know, they got some current, typically current young folks um, that, you know, they're trying to get settled, and, you know, trying to get their first house. These are folks that got a lot of experience and maybe are looking for a more senior kind of job. That creates a different set of transition challenges. Sure. Are the expectations yeah. and the realities aligned? Um, so it's the need is broad, um, it, but it varies a little bit by the population. That is a absolute truth. And it's just everybody's transition is different and then what you're looking for and everything. Uh, Bill, we, we are coming down to the end of it here. Um, I wish we had more time because you, you have your hands in so many things. It's just great. But we have your information going across the bottom so people can follow you, connect to you, check out your website. I highly encourage people to check out the book, but also check out the y.os this this i i just learned about this from bill a little while ago and it seems phenomenal i'm looking forward to trying it out uh, and and getting a little bit more insight on on myself as well so as we close bill you got any uh parting words you want to leave with the audience well uh number one i appreciate the opportunity to be here it's a great joy talking to you all you know if you're facing career transition make sure you start now if you're six months out, start now. If you're two years out, start now. If you just began your military service, start thinking about what you want to be and do when you grow up. Okay, you can't cram for the transition exam. Mm-hmm. Okay, success is an, a series of uh, uh, accumulation of actions and, and, and learnings over time, um, and network, network, network. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. I love that. That, that. You can't cram for the network exam. Can't cram for the transition exam. Transition exam. Oh, man, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Bill. Uh, thank you um, for, for joining us today. And we want to thank the audience for tuning into the Vet SOS podcast. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS lifeline. Just got out of the military. The military staff had 